You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. It is a Pop Culture Tuesday here on the podcast edition of the Steve Dace Show on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. And we would love it if you would join us. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D E A C E. Uh, We had a little bit longer CRTV show today. We just wrapped up production a little bit ago because we had some breaking news that came right as we were taping the show with the president's longtime private attorney, Michael Cohen, uh, surrendering uh, today uh, at the FBI. And uh, he will plead guilty uh, to multiple charges uh, in exchange for a plea bargain and assurance from him that he will assist investigators. Needless, Needless to say, that has potential bombshell uh, potential. Uh, Or maybe it doesn't. So uh, we're going to have plenty of analysis for you on that topic on the CRTV show today. So if you're not yet a CRTV subscriber uh, and you want to know what we think about this, because there's there's a couple of coincidences. Uh, I don't think it's any coincidence that this uh, Cohen uh, plea deal drops drops today when it's 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 at least obvious the Montefort jury is struggling to come to a, a verdict at the very least. So. Uh, Mueller played his trump card, no pun intended, uh, today. So if you want our analysis uh, and you're not yet a CRTV subscriber, we've got several different angles to this story that uh, maybe some others have missed. Maybe they haven't. You can uh, tune in for yourself today at CRTV.com. If you're not yet a subscriber, use my name as a promo code. That's DACE, D-E-A-C-E, and you will get a discounted subscription to CRTV, which amounts to a little bit less than a quarter a day. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And again, that gives you not just our show, but every single show we do each day at CRTV and all the old shows, too. If we, if we did an interview or somebody else did and you weren't a subscriber then, you're like, man, I missed that. I want to go back and watch it. All of that's there at CRTV.com, promo code DACE. All right, guys, you ready for today's podcast? You know it. So it's a Pop Culture Tuesday. This is when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And... The most wonderful time of the year is nearly upon us. Wait, I thought you didn't start Christmas until November 1st. Well, yes, I do. Um, but this is sort of the, the the lead up to it. Like, Oh, the other most wonderful yeah. time of the year. Oh, sorry. They sorry, all, sorry. They, and they, and they, they coincide. You know, one leads to the other. So we're getting into my favorite time of the year from September, the last quarter of the year. Football season culminating with Christmas and yes I am your Christmas slappy. But football season is here and 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 as Pat Benatar once saying love is a battlefield. Football season has become a battlefield in recent years. And one of the main reasons why is it's one of the last masculine driven meritocracies we have left in the culture. And progressive iconoclasm can't can't abide that. Can't can't handle that. And so there have been numerous attempts by progressive iconoclasm to tear it down. And unfortunately, too often, football has played along with these attempts and made its situation worse. So I thought we would spend the podcast today because over the next few months, most of the highest rated television shows in the country are going to be airing. And they're almost, and, and those, are the, those are football games. Those are always me, numerous Many of the highest rated shows every year are live football games. It is, it's the number one, other than movies, it is the it is the number one leisure generating activity in America is football season. When you look at fantasy football, sports bars, memorabilia, games, etc. It is it has become really uh, America's pastime in this generation. So I thought today we would have a conservative's guide 
to the forthcoming football season. You guys okay with that? Yep. Sure. Let's begin, and I don't have, I'm not looking for any definitive answers. We're, you guys don't even know where I'm going to take this. I had no idea you were going to do this. Because I, I really, I really, <laughs> I really want it to be an open conversation. We're going to brainstorm here. Okay. So this isn't so much um, a 95 theses. Oh, maybe it is a little bit like that, you know, because Luther did ask for a disputation. He wanted a debate. But really, we're sitting here, and I'm basically asking you guys, how do we handle these situations? All right. So let's start with the most obvious one and get it out of the way right now. Anthem protests. So I have done numerous columns, videos, shows on this issue for the last couple of years. Here's where I am at. You guys tell me if you agree, disagree, want to add, multiply, subtract, or divide from my assessment of this issue as a conservative. I, I do think there was once there a legitimate cultural flashpoint worthy of us debating. And I respect Colin Kaepernick. I don't agree with like anything he believes. But here's what I mean by I respect him. The guy's given hundreds of thousands of dollars to leftist charitable causes that he believes in. He has refused numerous opportunities to work out or sign with NFL teams who are like, you're talented enough to make our roster, but we don't need the drama. And he's like, you know what? My cause is more important to me than being on your roster. So even to, even to legendary quarterback John Elway and the Denver Broncos, my answer is no. In an era where we are watching people make all sorts of compromises for expediency, would I prefer someone with my moral value system was willing to make to suffer the consequences for their belief systems the way Kaepernick has been willing? Sure. But that doesn't tend to happen. We, we tend to cut corners and deals and then praise ourselves in the rears for being clever and, and figuring out how to game the system. Kaepernick has said, um, if you will not allow me to use this as a platform for my beliefs, if I cannot use my talent as a platform for my beliefs, then my answer is no. I think, you should, I think we should all respect that. Maybe it's a terrible analogy, but Patton even respected Rommel as an earnest competitor. He was trying to blow him out of the freaking sky. He was trying to send him into the kingdom, kingdom come. But go read what Patton wrote about Rommel. He respected the hell out of him as a fellow combatant. So I, I, I respect Kaepernick. I don't think he's a clown. I don't think he's a caricature. I think we're selling ourselves on this to make ourselves feel better. We don't have to do that. The arguments are on our side. We can just tell the truth. You don't sacrifice what he has sacrificed because you're a clown. Clowns cut deals and cut corners. He is a man of conviction. His convictions may all be wrong, but they are convictions nonetheless. And that's why I thought this was willing of an earnest debate for a couple of years. Because if one side's going to be really honest about what they want, then to me... That's, you want to know, Steve, when do we answer the bell? That When it's an honest fight, like we talked about yesterday, right? When there are clear distinctions, I think all that's out the window now. I don't think it's any of those things anymore. To me, the whole thing is contrived now. And I used to joke when I did full-time sports talk radio before we had a college football playoff. Todd used to hear me say this for years. Whenever I was out of stuff to talk about, what did I say to bring up? You, know, you always knew when a sports talk radio host was out of things to talk about. When he, when he said... Take phone calls. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? And should there be a college football playoff? That many had nothing else to talk about because he knew it would make the phones ring. So, like, you know, Republicans are out of issues when they bring up flag burnings. That's like the issue where, you know, Republicans, when Republicans in your state legislature or the Congress start talking about flag burning bills, it means they have no plans to keep any of their other promises to you. So they are literally appealing to the lowest common denominator they can find. This issue has become that, in my view. I think it is Trump's slump buster, to quote the great prophet Mark Grace. I think, I think, I think dude just gets up when he, and, and when he's out of things to talk about, hits this issue. Because it'll work. Likewise, on the other side, there's a whole bunch of players who aren't willing to walk away from their careers in their primes and leave millions of dollars on the table for their beliefs the way Kaepernick was who just want somebody to say something nice about him at 6 p.m. tonight on SportsCenter. 
they just they just want to see the crying at the screen so they can earn their social so when they go look at their mentions on twitter america's racist joe 14 tells them just how woke they are and how cool and great they are to me this whole thing now is fake the whole debate is fake it's fake it's irrelevant and 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 at one point it was the chance to have a real honest to goodness clash of culture which i'm all for this isn't it to me anymore it's fake now this is now and now this is now so from my position on this is i'm i'm not even i haven't addressed it the last couple of weeks unless something i don't foresee right now comes up that really takes this to the next level or makes the debate real again i have no plans to acknowledge this for the rest for the entire season it, it, there's a reason you know when anna was little our oldest we saw some unruly teenagers in the mall once and she said to me daddy when i grow up and become a teenager don't let me act like that and i said oh you won't she stopped and looked at me and she said well how do you know i said because i'm your dad that's why you won't. Then she looked at me and she says, well, why do they act like that? I looked at her and I said, because I'm not their dad. Because if you act like that to me in the mall, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to lower myself to your level. I'm not going to whoop your ass right there in the mall. You know what I'm going to do? I'll be like, cool. I'm going to be over here at Barnes & Noble. I'm going to leave you there to look like an ass and act out and let everybody laugh at you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not participating. That's a you problem. And what these guys want more... Kevin Hart only did what he did on the VMAs last night. Because he's got a movie coming out. And he needs some SJW uh, street cred. And he's hoping that that draws 10 to 15% more attendance. Yeah, dude hates Trump! Kevin Hart's not had... Not, not has said almost nothing about politics his entire career. Why is he speaking out now? Well... Because movies he stars in that don't have The Rock in them, no one goes to see, guys. Go look at movies he's in with The Rock compared to movies he's in without The Rock. And go look at what the box office is. Box office Kevin Hart with The Rock. Box office Kevin Hart on his own. Big difference. So, man, I need street cred. I need buzz. So I'll hit my Trump slump buster. Trump sucks is the left's version of trump's tell them sons of bitches to get up out and stop kneeling everybody's just playing to their own side for clicks and giggles this isn't a debate anymore it's a circus and i don't participate in that i'm out you guys can all act out have your tantrums here in the middle of walmart in the cereal aisle i got some produce to go pick up i'll be over there let me know when you're done that's how i plan on handling this Barring something else that emerges that shows me we're having a sincere debate this coming season. Your thoughts, gentlemen? Yes. Um, only winning move at this point is not to play uh, the game. So I agree. And as far as the practicality of this, if you're, you know, at the kneeling only happens at the beginning of the game. You can turn, to, you know, uh, here in the Midwest, games start at 12.05 or 3.05 or 3.25 you can turn on the game at uh, 12.10 or 3.05 or 3.30, and that will all be done. And then if Jim Nance and uh, who is, who's the other guy or any of the color commentary guys start talking about kneeling, there's a nice little button on the TV called mute. Just, just walk away. Walk away. Um, that would be the that, – that, I, I think that's probably the best play because this is basically a party favor. It makes noise, and that's about the only function it has. That's that's the only that's the only thing this this kneeling this whole kneeling thing is. It's a party favor. It just makes noise, and there's no other point. Can you remind me, just so my instincts are correct? The, did the NFL writ large change its policy to say that? You can now just, you don't have to come out. You can just stay in the locker room. Yeah, the new policy is um, you don't have to come out. You can stay in the locker room. But if you do, you have to uh, respect the anthem or their, your face okay. or you face penalties. Yes. 
Okay, and then, but they're also within every team, they're allowed something. Like Jerry Jones has a different team policy than yep. others, so that's still allowed. Yep, that's good. That, I mean, that's uh, meaning me. if the entire team decides they want to do it's like most college teams yeah. aren't out for the anthem, right? Right. So if they if the if the NFL team wanted to decide we're not even just we're just going to stay in the locker room like mm-hmm. a college team, they can do that. Yeah, but also nothing nothing precludes Jerry Jones from saying you're all coming out and you're all standing at attention. The NFL, correct. Even, the NFL yes. just kind of made a general yep. alteration to allow some wiggle room, but yep. still Jerry Jones is allowed to be Jerry Jones. Yeah, the, if the he sport wants that to, has yeah. the strictest is actually the most progressive, right, right. the so. NBA. The NBA is there's zero tolerance. You have to be there and you have to stand, period. Okay. Well, for the most part, I'm uh I'm I'm comfortable uh with that. But I, you know, the thing about this is I was never ever uncomfortable with kneeling for whatever reason. Uh, in the first place, uh, listen. I'm a man of strong uh, opinions, and I often air them in a way that I'm told uh, not not within my work setting, within my personal setting, uh, that make people un- uncomfortable. Or you know, you got to think about your tone, and I usually reject that because that's usually something that cowards say or people or to paraphrase you not to paraphrase to quote you directly i like my way of doing something more than your way of not doing anything at all Mm -hmm. so i have i've got zero problem i think i'm echoing in that sense what steve said about um a, a level of respect for colin kaepernick uh and those like him for doing what they have to here's the thing you don't get to do then when i do the same in turn or anybody else does the same in turn and asks a question uh you don't get to call me a racist yep that's uh, that's the th- biggest that's the whole genesis of the argument yeah the there's this i and this is the snowflake culture i get to say something and then once i do yeah. there's nothing else that's permitted to be said it, it's it, standing and kneeling, kneeling for the anthem is one thing and, it, and millions of americans and majority would consider it disrespectful what makes it far worse than that it's like it's never the crime but what the cover mm, up right yeah. it's not the protest that's bad enough but then when you tell me i am not allowed a counter voice to your protest you're allowed, you're allowed to insult what I view as a revered tradition and institution. And if I'm critical of that, I'm a racist. Mm-hmm. That's just, that just, whatever you think the Richter scale politically of the kneeling is, it's that, and that's always the part that ESPN and everybody leaves out. It's the idea that I'm not allowed to have a different, so you're allowed to have a different view of what I think, but I can't have a different view of what you think. Right. And if I do, I'm a racist. So whatever you think the Richter scale of the conflict just on that first level is, throw in the, if you have a counter opinion, you're automatically a racist and, and just take some, take like the world's largest vat of Tabasco, lace it, put kerosene on top and strike a match. And that's, and that's, and that's what really blows this issue up, which you're, which you're describing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not a current conservative take to just uh, sit there uh, and take that and say, well, that's, that's just the game. No. Not, at least not for speaking for myself, never. I can. That's fine. I, yeah. I'm. I, I don't think any of this is serious anymore. I don't. I think this is all a, 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 a provocation to get a result that they can then play off of. See, and I, I'm not. And I'm just not going to give them what they want from me anymore. Yeah, especially the arena. It's football. It's supposed to be. Um, it's supposed to be the safe space. I think at this point, trying to throw it back or play into the politic the attempted politicization of the game uh that's i don't know that that seems like it's it seems like you're by playing the game um or by having the argument you've already lost all right let's talk about um off the field problems right so I had somebody in their bio last night that says pro-life Catholic. It says in their bio on Twitter. Tell me that what's been that urban or that whatever uh, the story is between Courtney and Zach Smith. All Urban Meyer was trying to do was counsel a young couple in distress. And as conservatives, we are not we we are. Inherently, at least supposedly anyway, resistant to collective identities, Borg assimilations, right? Don't we reject identity politics on a certain level? Yes. Fundamentally, we do. That's a non-negotiable. We reject that. Non-negotiable. Why? Because one of the things we're trying to conserve is our constitution and our constitution is it predicated on group rights or individual rights? 
Individual Indiver rights. Individual rights, yeah. So, right away, what's happened here is it's very clear this guy's decided he wants to he see the version of interpret the version of events that affirms his collective identity as a fan of this school or of this team. We agree. I think all of us are going to agree on this one. Todd, it's, Todd appears to, and I'm guessing probably speaks for a good chunk of our audience. Todd still has enough, has some urine and vinegar in the tank for the kneelers. I'm at the point, having covered this story extensively the last few years, I think we're now at the stage where guys were... Colin Kaepernick was given up his career for this stuff. These other guys just want a Me Too segment on ESPN and on their mentions, and it's not serious anymore. But reasonable people can, we can disagree on that, Reed. We're all going to agree. This is a clear violation. As a conservative, you cannot abandon your values or ideals in order to conform to a groupthink for your favorite team. We all agree with that, right? Yeah. Yes. That's a non-negotiable. Okay, so what's the alternative? Do you just not root for your favorite team anymore? Because, you know, let's look at Ohio State, for example. Let's say Urban Meyer's guilty of everything we think he's guilty of. The, the 11 guys out there wearing that uniform on Saturdays, they didn't have anything to do with this. Right? I mean, they, they had nothing to do with Zach Smith being a wife beater and posting penis pics from the White House and cheating on his wife with a subordinate at the Woody Hayes offices. They had nothing to do with it. That's true. They worked out all year long. They went to class. They did everything that was required of them for, for, those, for those 12 Saturdays in the fall to receive the feedback from the fans that support the program, that make it possible for them to have that opportunity and for that relationship to be reengaged, right? That's true. So is there a way... To honor what they're to to honor their effort for 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 the team, for your favorite team, without buying in totally to, because, but if the situation was reversed, everybody knows that listens to this. I'm a Michigan fan. Now, if you listen to this, you know I wouldn't do this. I'm the guy in a contract year who wouldn't endorse the Republican nominee for president in public and said I would not vote for him in the entire election, no matter what he did, when my contract was coming up. So I think I've pretty much proven nonconformity is my jam. I'm just not, I, I, am, I have my own predilections, temptations. You guys have witnessed them working with me every day. You guys have seen, though, publicly and privately. Conformity is not a real temptation for me, is it? No. Going along with the flow, not willing, wanting to rock the boat, being concerned about what people who are wearing my uniform think. That's not really something we really, that's something we wrestle with around here very often, Aaron? No. No. no I, I don't care. So I think if you listen to this podcast, you probably believe to some extent that if what happened at Michigan was going on at Ohio State right now, I would burn that freaking place down. I'd be worse, just like I'm worse than the Republicans for betraying me than I am the Democrats, because I know the Democrats are against me. The Republicans are the ones that come to, my, come to me and ask me to vote for them and put my values in their platform. Well, how, my entire damn basement at home is maize and blue. How, how much money do you think I've spent the gross domestic product of Guatemala on my Michigan fandom for the last 35 years? And you're going to reward me with this kind of scandal and a wife beater? Dude, I'd, I'd be more pissed at them because it's my team doing this to me. But I also realize more, most people aren't wired the way I am. Most people are Michigan fan, and I even put this on my Michigan podcast account on Twitter last night. I, just, I said, hey, just almost like a warning shot because absolutely this could happen. What's happening at Ohio State could happen at Michigan, happen at Wisconsin, anywhere because of the insulation and the cultish aspect of fandom. And, I'm, and I said last night on my Twitter account, you know, my fellow Michigan fans who love what I'm doing to Ohio State right now, I just need you to know. Michigan ever tries this crap, I'm burning it to the ground with every platform I have. And I think you guys know me well enough to know that I would. I would. But most people aren't like that because most people like to have friends. 
<laughs> so most people are resistant to nonconformity. All right. Um, most people aren't aloof, shut in losers. Not saying that I am, just that I might be. So um, the temptation is if if this were going on at Michigan right now, would Ohio? What, what position do you think most Ohio State fans would have? Oh, burn Michigan to the yep. ground. And what, what position do you think? I, I think it'd be somewhat alleviated because Harbaugh's record's not as good as Urban Meyer's. On the other hand, Harbaugh's a favorite son, right? Former great oh, no, player. It would be the same. But it, it would inherently be the same. I yeah. agree. It would be the same. But I also would say this. If Urban Meyer, instead of 47-3 and three in the Big Ten, if he was 37-13, and 13, would we even have gotten to this point with him or would he be gone by now? He'd probably be gone. So we do agree on some level. Fundamentally, I agree it would be the same. I do think the amplif- it gets more amplified the better your record is. Yeah. Right? The cult gets more amplified the better your record is. I um, think there's two people in the country, and I think I'm making a point, where the decision about what to do would be... A, uh, within the same dynamic we're talking about, and it's Urban Meyer, and it's at um, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I don't even think, you know, I, good, good. I mean, Dabo Sweeney, Sweeney seems to be one of the finest men in the world. I don't think he as good as Clemson has been. I, I, I think it's those two men mm-hmm. to make your point that I it agree. would be that kind of decision right now. Yep, I agree. Yep. So, what? How do we? And maybe we might be the most equipped to have this conversation because we've been trying to do it with our own movement, our own political allies for the last couple of years, right? So like, let's say, let's say you're an Ohio State fan and is really uncomfortable with what you've learned about what Zach's, how Zach Smith was permitted to behave under Urban Wire's watch. And the school announces in, by the end of the week, he gets a four-game suspension. And he comes back. How do you handle that? He paid his due. You move on. Go Bucks. Um, go Bucks. But man, I'm really not proud of this entire situation. I walk away. Right? Because I will tell you this, and I mean it. I know someone won't believe me, but I mean it. I was beyond fed up with losing to Ohio State until about two until about a week or two ago. And and I even I did say this on Twitter last night as well. We lose again to them in Columbus. I give you my word right now. I'll be disappointed we lost a game as a Michigan fan. But if the cost of being as good as them is stuff like this, I'm I and I wouldn't have said it that when I was Aaron's age or a little younger. As I get older, I've had a family. I look more at the world we're leaving behind for the next generation, for my kids to have to go out into the world and make me some grandbabies and live the rest of their lives in. I love winning, man. But it, I, I don't care if we lose 20 years and more in a row to Ohio State. If the cost is um, taking whatever, taking men like Zach Smith and uh, providing him sanctuary and sweeping the whole thing under the rug because the record's just so good we can't I, I it doesn't mean that much to me and again I think I demonstrated that in this last election I had every incentive to not do what I did except one it violated my 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 core beliefs other than that every other incentive this world has to offer incentivized me to do the opposite of what we did that's sort of how I feel about this as a fan. I mean, I, I want to win every game. That rivalry, if they if they if they bring him back like nothing ever happened, which I still don't think they will do, but let's say they did. That rivalry just wouldn't mean as much to me. Cuz one of the things that's built into that rivalry is there has long there is a long-standing sense of honor between the two schools. Like you don't see a bunch of cheap ass personal fouls on a Michigan Ohio State game, stuff like that. There's been so many people that have worked at Ohio State and gone to Michigan, for example. Bo Schembechler, Gary Moeller, two very successful coaches of Michigan. One's a all-time great coach. Ohio State guys. And it would, to me, it would just... If that's who we are now, I don't... 
Like, I don't care if you got, I don't care if Jim Trestle gave Maurice Clare a car. I don't care about stuff like that. And I don't care if a Columbus tattoo parlor wanted to give Terrell Pryor free tattoos for the rest of his life. I don't care. To me, that's, I know it's cheating, but to me, it's cheating like, I mean, I don't care if you were jaywalking in, in the crowded streets of New York to get to work on time. The, 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 the laws are ridiculous, and so are those rules. This is different, though. This is now coddling predators, people that are threats and harms to other people. And so to beat you guys, if that's what we have to do, I, I don't want to win that bad. I want to win really bad. I mean, really bad. I don't want to win that bad. It just doesn't, I'm not, it doesn't mean that much to me. Because the thrill of that win and then seven months of the memes and the headlines and everything else after the, in the off season of what the repercussions of that are, I'm out. What are your thoughts? Well, you kind of described... Um, what is kind of taking the shine off football in general. I mean, I'm still a fan, but that frustration uh, lies at the heart. But in terms of the essence of what we're supposed to be talking about here, what is a conservative approach to this specifically? Well, you need, uh, if you're that Ohio State fan, you need to think seriously about what real justice actually looks like. With it, with it, and you, you, a little wiggle room here, a little wiggle room there. If it's in that window, um, well, then you can uh, go on uh, as a football fan to Somerset as you were. If if it doesn't meet that, well, then you really shouldn't. Uh, I I said it as stringently as anybody that I know of at the time. Justice was not even close to being met. With Penn State. Nobody learned any lessons. The death penalty, quite frankly, was the only just decision in that case. I'm, this, this, whatever happens with the Irwin Mayer case, it's, it's, it's not that. Might be for his career, but it's not that. But in that case, that was truly just since we didn't even come close to approximating that what they did give them, they blew off in a matter of years. And here we just reset the button. The entire country did not have a chance to look at the silence of that town. And no, like you said at the beginning, Steve, those players on that team had nothing to do with it. But there are consequences of sin that roll down and affect an entire culture, some of whom had nothing to do directly with that. Does that mean we don't address it? Of course not. This is, uh, now I'm sounding like Paul in Romans. Mm-hmm. You, you, it must be addressed. So you need to figure out what that means in this case. What is justice? And you need to be honest with yourself about what that is. You need, need to not try to pull punches on it. And hopefully uh, you are satisfied with an institution that did right by that sense of justice. And then you can get on. But otherwise, you got to stand a post, man. Yeah, think, Aaron? We, well, we can only, um, especially in these situations, we are often not in the place where we can execute justice. Yeah. I think that's obvious. Yep. So the best we can do, and I think the best witness that we can develop for ourselves, is um, to, to try to be consistent um, and actually execution, executing consistency um, in how we apply standards and how we um, how we uh, behave and view things morally. Just being consistent. That's the best thing that, that we can do. And yes, it is frustrating often. That does, that's not to say that we should never encourage others and maybe if we have a platform or or something else to encourage others to do what is just in in the cosmic or grand scheme of things, but often we don't actually have the ability or power to do that ourselves. So the best way to actually protect your own um, your own character to, is to to do what you're trying to do, Steve, mm-hmm. and just be behave consistently. Because Todd, Todd is absolutely right. There is no consistency of justice. Or consistency of 
of um, uh, of principles or uh, any anything um, where money and power is concerned. Todd is absolutely right. There should have been the death penalty. Here we are for Penn State. Here we are. I don't know, 10, more than 10 years later, and it's like nothing happened. And I remember during that time when... when it was seven years ago, seven, 2011. Oh, wow, yeah. good grief. I remember during that time, um, the Penn State cult was just the same as what we're seeing from yeah. the Ohio State. Even worse, because the situation is arguably... We don't want to compare different uh, you know, sins and sins against as being worse than others, others but... That the situation at Penn State was, I mean, it's in terms of the amount and the number of people affected, it was worse. Um, and still, people would defend, apparently, their coach to the death, even though he knew about it. That is, that is again, that is as much of an indication. I said this on the show about a completely different topic. That is a huge indication of where our culture is. It would be one thing if it was just a few people here and there, a few whack jobs. No, this is consistent. This is uh, consistently just being cultish. And we see this in so many other areas of, uh, of, of public discourse. Maybe that's a good line because you bring up a good, an excellent point, Aaron. We are not in the position of prosecuting these things. Um. So maybe the line here is, don't join a cult. Yeah. Meaning, can you walk and chew gum at the same time? Can you recognize that those 11 players, and I'm just singling out Ohio State because they're the, this could be Maryland, could have been Baylor, could have been, heck, could be Wisconsin right now because you've got a star wide receiver that they're claiming basically got two women drunk to rape them and may have done it with another receiver who they're there. It's amazing. I, I'm, I, I mean, the police are letting Danny Davis's name be out there without charging with anything. I'm not sure if that's the most responsible course of action, but can you, let's say Quintus Cephas is guilty of everything. The police in Dane County are claiming. Mm-hmm. And let's say Danny Davis is too. Mm-hmm. That is on a given Saturday, Two of the um, counting specialists, 25, actually, if you count return units, two of the 40 or 50 guys that would be that would be wearing crimson and cream for Wisconsin that Saturday. So I don't think you have some moral obligation to abandon those all those other guys that did what was asked of them by the program and the university and the uh, in the NCA all year for that moment to get to play. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know I don't think don't. you have any obligation to abandon all those players. But but when you when you come to me and tell me, well, um, Quintus Cephas is innocent. When you make the case to me of some convoluted case of his innocence because he wears your uniform, that's when you've joined the cult. If you say to me, you know, I guess in many respects it's similar to voting for Trump, right? If you're saying to me, uh, I did everything I could to have better choices than Trump, and I didn't get my way. So I think Trump's not great by any stretch, but he's also not a communist, so I'm going to vote against the communist. Mm-hmm. Did we ever have a problem with that? No. No. What did we have a problem with? The cult. The cult. When, when because she's a communist, you now start telling me how great Trump is. Well, uh, Stormy Daniels is a liar. No, she's not. Well, she might be in general, but she's not lying about this. When you start telling me Putin's not that bad, well, why why isn't Julian Assange okay, right? Isn't that always the stuff we pushed back against? Mm-hmm. When we are changing what we believe in order to justify voting for Trump, when really only only justification you need is the other option was a communist. Do we need another option, another justification? Really? Shouldn't. Shouldn't. If you think you do, that's on you. That shows me you're not. You're, that's, show, that's showing us you're not an adult. You join a cult. Similarly, if you're like, man... I work all year long and our family gets together seven Saturdays a year to tailgate. And the other five Saturdays, the road games, we watch them together. This is our family tradition. Buckeye football, Wisconsin football, Iowa football, Michigan football, the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs. These are the family, these are family traditions, rites of passage for us. 
And we were here when we were here when Earl Bruce was the coach, and we were here when John Cooper was the coach. You know what I'm saying? And we were here, and we're going to be here whoever, long after Urban Meyer's gone. And we think that behavior is deplorable, but we're not going to let it get in the way of what we do as a family because it's more for us the camaraderie, the experience, the connection that we have. Yeah, we want the football game is there and win and wins and losses matter, but it's the memories we build there together, right? There's a bigger picture happening here. Okay. But when pro-life Catholic, quote unquote, in his Twitter bio, sends me a note that, well, Urban was just trying to counsel this young couple. That's when you're in Cheeto Jesus territory, right? See what I'm saying here? Oh, yeah. That's when you've crossed over to... Uh, four legs good, two legs bad, or two legs are even better now, right? Because if Urban Meyer was the coach at Florida when he had 31 arrests off the field his last few years there, I doubt Ohio State fans really thought he was not getting a fair shake. They probably thought, what? Why the hell do you have 31 arrests going on there? So when you start changing what you think is right and wrong, like if you're all concerned, I think Brett McMurphy's got it in for Urban Meyer. Who cares if he does? Does does Does... Whether or not Brett McMurphy would like to go back in time and stop Urban Meyer from ever being born, does it change whether or not those bruises on Courtney Smith's neck are real or not, Todd? Does it change any of that? No. No. So you know who that's germane to? Cults. That's when you know you're in a cult. You know you're in a cult when you start making arguments like that. Or they're out to get us. Tom Herman, the Texas coach, is pissed that Urban Meyer stealing recruits from Texas, and so he leaked this to the media. Who cares if he did? Either there were nine 911 calls from 2012 to 2015, or there weren't. And regardless of Tom Herman's feelings about Urban Meyer and his ability to steal kids from his home state, does it change? If Urban Meyer gets a third great recruit out of Texas this class, do we go back and look at the police records and find, you know, it was only four Urban 911 calls. Is that how it works? The 911 calls go get dot, go down with more recruits that Urban Meyer gets from Texas. Is that how it works, Todd, you know? Mm, it's, sounds, it, it seems yeah, to, it's sounds... probably nine calls, whether we get he gets any Texas recruits or all of sure. them. It's nine calls, right? When you go down that road, you're in a cult. And I got no and and I have no time for you, and neither should anybody else. So maybe that's the dividing line. Right? Because I think we all agree as fans of Midwestern college football teams. Ohio, was Ohio State pretty good before Urban Meyer got there? Were they pretty tough to beat? Yeah. Yeah. I think they might be pretty tough to beat after he leaves, whether it's next week or 10 years from now. I think they'll still be pretty tough to beat. Right. So, this is, it is, it, it, if, you're an, if you're a lifelong Ohio State fan, this is bigger than whatever is going on right now with Urban Meyer. Because it is, right? You were here before he got here and you'll be here after he's gone. But you, don't, but you don't change what you think is right or wrong because he's your coach. Suppose one of Urban Meyer's players walked in. Let me tell you what happens when a coach says, to a, says in a program, well, you know, because you're one of my good players, I have, you know, I'll let you get away with murder. What, you know what that does to a team? It destroys it. So I think that's, maybe that's a good line. Did you join a cult or not? Thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a, a great. Um, I mean, that's that is that is. If you can, uh, this is one of those questions. If you can ask yourself that question, mm-hmm. the answer is probably what? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're in a cult, you don't ask yourself, man. I wonder if I'm if I'm, I'm doing groupthink. Because groupthink doesn't allow you to self-assess like that. Is that what you're saying, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think, and this goes to what I said uh, earlier, with football and sports talk, uh, I, I, I think the power of cult runs very, very deep. Mm-hmm. And it's why we see it so easily uh, bamboozled um, by the social justice stuff that has taken over uh, the sports world because when you are part of a cult, uh, your level of critical thinking is very, uh, very shallow. Steve, you and I have talked, I know off the air, but I'm, I'm almost certain we talked on there about how you, know, you, you as a sports fan combined with sports analyst 
combined with you know sports savant um you are the what once you reach that level of passion you are the exception and the exception by far most people with your level of passion for it are cultists and that and the passion is stemmed from the fact they're cultists basically right well yeah that's what that's what drives their passion their identity is forged in this right yeah, you yeah. you have you, you you talk ably about any number of things with every amount of they 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 don't they can't they have no interest in it. Uh, that's problematic. My, I, I mean, I spend uh, a lot of time sitting around watching my kids paying money for it in a lawn chair to do their sport sports too. That has also become a cult in many different ways in t- in terms of how we are uh, creating a. a you know, we're trying to create pros out of 10 year olds and things like that. So it's a problem in many, many ways. Um, so I think we need to be serious and sober about even though the, when would the 11 people, uh, when were the, uh, the other players on the team who had nothing to do with this kind of stuff? Yes, they had nothing to do with it, but you know, if for example, Penn state happened in Ann Arbor and you lived in Ann Arbor. And if you, if that was the case, you would have season tickets. I know my my if I was in that situation or if it was in Madison and Wisconsin, uh, I'm not I'm not going to those games anymore. I'm not paying for those season tickets. Not if the response was uh, was it was what it was. There needs to be consequences. I think the response would be a big thing. The response would be a big thing. Yeah, I, I think how we would respond to it would be a big thing. Don't you think? I mean, listen, happy, the responses of Happy Valley in general, based on what I can tell, to what happened there were the responses I of, don't a, disagree with of a cult. I, I completely agree. On the other hand, you have an entire group of players that had nothing to do with any of that. Um, and so I don't feel right about punishing them for the actions of these wayward adults, but I agree that that was, that was an absolute cult. No question about it. Uh, putting Jay Paterno back on their board of regents or whatever they call him up there, putting the statue back. I'm I'm with you 100% on all of that. I am. Um, I think here's what here's the final thought I have on this. I I think that um, these are conversations, much like we've been having an ongoing conversation about popular culture boundaries. I I think. I think if you haven't known me for a long time, you don't really know how extraordinary it is for me to be able to honestly tell you, I don't care if we never, in fact, I'll go, I don't care if we have, if we never beat Ohio state again, if we have to, if we have to do these things to beat them, I'm, I'm out. If you've known me for a long period of time and you know how much I love my college football as my, as one of my primary escapes, then you need you you would have an appreciation for how far I've been pushed to get to a point where I'm willing to forsake something that brings me a lot of joy in my personal time when I need something other than this stuff we do all day. And you know what it is? It's this stuff we do all day invading my personal joys. And so when that happens, the joy is taken away. That's sort of what you're articulating. Mm-hmm. Right? When when we get rid of when we when we when we let in the out, all this the stuff in the outside world, when we let it seep into these things that are supposed to give us respite from those, it's the it, and on a larger scale, it's the brokenness you feel right now about what's going on in the church. I go there. You're thinking, man. I go there to get away from this stuff. I go there to get equipped on how to confront this stuff. I go there to get my battery recharged. Now you're telling me you want to download the same acid into my veins that I'm getting Monday through Saturday. Why the hell should I show up then, right? What am I doing here? That's kind of what you're articulating in a way about a pastime yes. or a team on a smaller scale. And that's what it is. If, if, if we have to coddle women beaters to win, I'm, out, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I'm just not. I'm, not. I'm not going there. This is not that important to me. And it's really important to me. I've spent a lot of money on this. A lot of time on this. My son is every bit as Michigan obsessed as I am. But, you know, I'm not joining a cult. And I think we're going to have to, I hope I'm wrong, but we may end up having to have this reoccurring conversation about our sports teams like we are about our popular culture right now. Where 
the rot gut, as our friend Daniel Horowitz likes to call it, has become so acute and so manifest that, you know, nowhere to run to, baby, nowhere to hide. It's everywhere. And, you know, I think that's kind of what you're alluding to a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, I know I've made that assessment already in my own life. Final thoughts, Aaron? Can I, uh, can I do a couple of things of breaking news? Paul Manafort guilty on five counts of tax fraud. They did find him guilty. Okay. Yeah, um, mistrial on 10 counts. I was going to make my prediction on Friday. I just thought it was unnecessarily. There's just some things that are unnecessarily tawdry, and so I changed it at the last minute. I was going to make my prediction on Friday's Dace Group. Um, after some information that came out in the case of Molly Tibbetts, the missing Iowa girl, mm-hmm. that uh, it was going to be a hit and run. If and when they find whoever did this, it was going to be a hit and run, and it was going to be someone in the country illegal illegally because with as much temp- attention and as big as the reward was and nobody was talking, it seems like uh, somebody had good reason. Headline from the Washington Post uh, from about a half an hour ago, suspect in Molly Tibbetts' death is in custody, subject to immigration detainer. Wow. That means that person was here illegally. Goodness gracious. Just so freaking... Molly Tibbetts is the new um, Kate Steinle. And Kate watch, Steinle. This has been garnering international headlines for the last month. Watch them all drop this like a hot potato. Now you know why I'm just not going to hand over to the culture. I'm, I'm not just going to hand football over to the kneelers and walk away. There's nowhere to walk away to. I, I, we just can't be on all the time. God took a Sabbath. We've got to have something that distracts us from the things of this world that we are confronting and discussing. But when we get to the point that we go beyond silliness to poison, that is when we kind of have to say, you know what? I got to say no. Because if I say yes that I'm becoming exactly like that which I set out to oppose. Well, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Day Show. If you have a moment today, please click subscribe. They're on iTunes and Stitcher. If you have a few extra moments than that, leave us a positive review. So many of you have done that. Thank you. But if we get more and more to do that, that helps us to grow awareness and distribution for our podcast. Until tomorrow, John 317. Steve Dace. I like you.